I'm John Carter in Moscow, in Havana, Cuba. Now in Kiev, the capital of Ukraine. I'm John Carter in Petra, right here in communist China, reporting from India. Hi, I'm John Carter in the Solomon Islands. I'm John Carter in Soweto, from El Salvador. I'm John Carter in Sydney, Australia. Join us with questions and answers with Pastor John Carter. Hi, friend. I'm John Carter. Hope you're doing well. I'm here in Los Angeles, and today we're having a special Q&A program. We're dealing with some of the questions you've been sending to us. This is the second part of the Q&A program, and we're going to pick up where we left off last time but we want to give you right now a very special welcome. We're glad that you joined us. The person who's going to ask the questions today is Wayne Hackett. He's a voice well-known right across these great United States of America, and we're glad to have Wayne with us also today. What part should the church play? Uh, I better explain this a bit more to you because we've been talking about the great challenges that America is facing. The racism, the riots, uh, the murders, everything else. Uh, many people say that we're seeing the disintegration of society, such as we saw for a bit up there in Seattle when they got rid of the police. And soon they were having people getting killed and the place being turned into a, into a nightmare. And the question is, what part should the church play in these difficult but tremendous times? Here it is. I believe the church ought to get out of politics. Oh, I think the church ought to get out of politics and preach Christ. Does anybody agree with me? Preachers need to save souls and stop trying to promote a certain political agenda or political party. The church is called to uphold the name of Christ. And let me say this to you, we need to repent of our sins. What am I talking about? We need to repent of our sins. We need to repent of our sins because we are sinners. In Genesis chapter 3 it talks about the fall of man. It tells how sin came into the world and we are born in this state of sin. We are born alienated from the life of God. But in Genesis chapter 3, we have the lostness of man. But in John chapter 3, we have the redemption of man through the coming of Christ. Jesus said, you got to be born again. You got to become a brand new person. Therefore, we need a, a spiritual rebirth. We need to repent of our sins. We need to love our neighbors as ourselves, whatever the color of the skin. A Christian, my friend, cannot be a racist. Hear what I'm saying? We need to read our Bibles every day, especially the words of Jesus. We just may learn something. 
in this great land of the United States of America that was founded upon faith in God and belief in the Holy Scriptures, there is a, a tremendous ignorance of the holy truths of the Holy Word of God. People know nothing what is inside the Bible. And because of this, we have turned away from God. We need to find a good church where Jesus is worshipped and his teachings followed. We need to reject violence, whether white, black, brown, or yellow. There is enough blame to go around. And my friend, we're not just talking here today about a social problem. People say racism is just a social program. I'm here to tell you today that racism is far more than a social problem. Racism, are you listening to me? Racism, my friend, is a spiritual problem because when you recognize that a black man or a brown man or a white man, all of these people are made in the very image of God, you will love your neighbor as yourself. Therefore, I want to say this to you. We need to reject violence. We need to find a good church. And then we need to talk up the home The destruction of the American home is destroying society. Kids need a mom and a dad. We need to determine to share God's love with a new person every day. Can any person say amen? Let me talk a bit about the home. There's nothing more important than the home, my friend. And today in America, we are seeing the destruction of the home. And that's why there is so much violence. That is why there is looting. That is why there is racism. That is why there is so much crime. That is why the murder rate is going through the ceiling in some parts of America because of the destruction of the home. You know what kids need? Kids need a mom. And kids need a dad. And when you've got a mom and a dad who love God and who keep his commandments and who go to church, you're going to have a peaceful and a blessed society. That's why Washington said it's almost, he said, impossible, almost impossible, he said, to govern a nation without God and the Bible. So we need to love people. And we need to determine that we're going to get back to God. And we're going to practice loving our neighbors as ourselves. I want to read you a text out of the Bible. And I'm going to come over here to Revelation chapter 17 and verse 3. And some of you will say, why on earth are you reading this text? It seems to be completely inappropriate. Well, you just give me a moment and you'll see why it is needed. Revelation chapter 17 and verse 3. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. This is a prophecy. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, the old Americans understood this. Present-day Americans on the whole, haven't got a clue. They don't know what it's talking about. But the Pilgrim Fathers understood these things. 
You may say, uh, it's totally irrelevant to what's going on in the world today. Uh, My friend, you need to get back to the faith of our fathers, I'm telling you. This picture in the book of Revelation of a woman seated upon the beast is is the picture of the union of church and state. And when the church gets involved in politics and dictates to the government, and when the government dictates to the church, there you have the very essence and the soul of the Antichrist. Are you listening to me? Now, my American friends, you will say, uh, we've never heard anything like this before. Well, that's because we've forgotten the faith of our fathers. Faith of our fathers living still is the great old hymn that I was brought up on. And the great founders of the United States of America understood the importance of the separation of church and state. But when the church is involved in politics and when the church stops preaching the word of God, when the church stops upholding the commandments of God, society goes down the drain. And what America needs today is a rebirth of the spirit. We need to be born again. We need to become new people. And preachers need to start preaching the Bible and the word of God and repentance and the cross of Christ. And that is needed today more than anything else. We need a spiritual rebirth. I want you to notice Luke 24 Verse 46 to 49, that talks about the mission of Christ and the mission of the church. Are you listening, preachers? Then he said to them, thus it is written. And thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endured with power from on high. Jesus said, repentance has got to be preached. The truth of Christ dying for our sins, it's got to be preached. The remission of sins, it's got to be preached. The coming of the Holy Spirit, it's got to be preached. You want a solution to racism? You want a solution to rioting? You want a solution to murders? You want a solution to crime? You want a solution to brutality? I tell you, my friend, there's a solution, and it's not through politics. Oh, you say, it's got to be through everything. No, it's not through politics. It is through a spiritual rebirth. What did you make of Ben Carson saying that we are walking in the footsteps of the old Roman Empire? Well, Ben Carson said that, Wayne, a few years ago. Uh, Ben Carson, you know, is the famous uh, neurosurgeon, um, famous doctor, now involved in politics, and he is uh, uh, in the cabinet. And I remember at this prayer breakfast, he said that America was walking in the footsteps of the old Roman Empire. What do I think about it? 
Well, I think Ben Carson was right. He was right then. He's right now. And when he spoke about the old Roman Empire, he was talking about the degradation of sin and how it brought about a collapse of Roman society. Uh, look at Romans chapter 1, my friend. I'm going to read it to you in, in the Bible. Romans chapter 1. And of course, it's called Romans because it was written to the Romans. Romans 1. And I'm going to start at verse 21. It's referring to the old Roman Empire. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Get away from God, you get into darkness. Professing to be wise, they became fools, like us today. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. The worship of the creature instead of the worship of the creator. Verse 24. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness to the, in the lusts of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. That's what we're doing today, especially in Hollywood. Worshipping the creature instead of the creator. You know it's true. And verse 26 and 27, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lusts for one another, men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Paul here is describing the old Roman Empire. But Paul could write the same words if he were alive today about the great American Empire. As we've turned from God, as we've stopped worshipping the creator, as we've worshipped the creature, we've turned away from God's laws. And we need a spiritual rebirth. Politics is not going to do it. And look at Romans chapter 1, 28, 29 to 32. Romans chapter 1. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality. Sounds like America. Wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, that's our cities, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, uh, haters of God, uh, violent, proud, boasters, boasters, inventors, of evil things, disobedient to parents, uh, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing uh, the righteous judgment of God, there's a judgment, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Wow. That's the old Roman Empire. Gave up on God, gave up on the Creator. 
turned away from truth, worshipped the creature instead of the creator and went into every vile practice. And of course, as you know today, my fellow American, some of this garbage is taught today in our schools. Kids, you know, it's big sin to have a Bible in, in the school, in a state school. Not good to have a prayer. No, I don't want to do that stuff. It's okay to teach little children all sorts of perverted practices. So I agree with Ben Carson. And I believe that the great need in America today and around the world and in my old homeland of Australia, the greatest need is not more politics. I believe it's more of Christ. What does the Bible prophecy say about our times? Uh, well, Wayne, it says a lot. Uh, we don't have so much time to talk about this today. Usually, you know, I try to get too much in. But in the book of Revelation, it has an amazing prophecy that talks about our day. I saw another beast or another nation coming up out of the earth. It two horns like a lamb spoke like a dragon. Comes up peaceful, talking the gospel. He performs great signs. He makes even fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of man. Uh, spiritism. He deceives those who dwell on the earth by the signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He caused all both small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hand or in their foreheads. Now, I, I don't have time to go into this, but let me take a flashlight and shine it around a little bit. It talks about a great power that arises in the last days. And this power comes up peacefully, talking the gospel. That's why it's called the Lamb, because Jesus is the Lamb. But this power turns away from the truths of the Bible and it becomes a dictatorial power. Church and state join together. Religion becomes the great persecutor. Here you have the union of church and state. There you have spiritism, the great tribulation, lawlessness, hatred of the good, exaltation of evil, glorification of violence, even climate change is mentioned, I believe, in the prophecies. Um, it seems to be referred to in a text, I think it's in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 18. Revelation 11, the nations were angry. Angry now, aren't they? This is a description of our day. Goodness me. Your wrath has come the time of the dead that they should be judged. You're going to be judged. And that you should reward your servants, the prophets. You're going to get your reward. And the saints and those who fear your name, small and great, and should destroy those who destroy the earth. The Bible says that Christ will return when human beings have the capacity to destroy the earth. So you're going to have religious persecution. You're going to have the union of church and state. And you're going to have the nations destroying the earth, and many people, including this guy, believes 
that we have come to this tremendous hour. But also it talks about the triumph of the gospel. This is the good news, Matthew 24. And there's a text here, Matthew chapter 24, and it talks about the triumph. Because lawlessness will abound. It's happening today. The love of many will grow cold. Happening today. But he endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nation. Then the end will come. Listen. The gospel is not going to fizz out like a burnt out Roman candle. The gospel is going to be preached and the Bible indicates that in the last days there is going to be a great multitude of people saved. They're going to come from China and India and Russia and America and Great Britain and Australia and Latin America. And we're living in the days when God is going to finish his work and you and I better get ready for the coming of Christ. What is the greatest threat to the existence of the church in America? Uh, Wayne, that's a, a great question. Uh, it's, it's a profound question because you can't give an easy answer to this. I think one of the greatest problems we face today in the Western world in my old homeland of Australia and in these great United States of America and in lots of other places too, is that we have a, a superficiality of religion. We have a lot of religious talk. Uh, you know, we go through the motions and we're almost getting to the place now we, we've even forgotten how to go through the motions. But I think getting to the, the heart of the, of the question and the heart of the answer is this. The greatest threat to the existence of the church in America is lack of Bible study, a lack of a personal understanding of what the Bible teaches. And there's a tremendous text. I, I want to share it with you. It's Matthew chapter 4 and verses 1 down to 4. I, I want you please just to stay with me and think about this. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. So the Bible teaches there is a real devil and there's a real Christ. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. Uh, do a miracle. I want you to do a miracle. A lot of people today, my friends, are into miracles. And the devil also is into miracles. But he answered and said, here it is, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Now Jesus, when he was confronting the devil, said, a miracle is not going to do it. I'm not going to do a miracle because the most important thing that you can do is to feed on the word of God. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. That's what we're trying to do in America. We're trying to live on bread alone. 
and we like miracles, and we like gadgets, and we like things, but these things don't help the soul. You know, we're empty inside. And what we need to do is to get back to the old-fashioned, the old-fashioned custom, as I could call it, of the personal reading of the scriptures. When I was a young preacher in Australia, just a boy preacher, sent to a town by the name of Parks, there was an old man in that Parks. His name was Mr. Draper. He was the old elder of the church. And when he would pray, his prayers were just filled with the promises of God. There was power there. You could feel the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God was moving through him. At the same time, I was studying the Bible with some people out on a farm, a little town by the name of Ganumbla. And they had been unbelievers, but they started to read the scriptures. As they started to read the scriptures, they were filled with joy and peace, and they had a new power in their lives. You can have that power, my friend. But you've got to get back the serious reading of the scriptures. And during a time of a tremendous drought, they said to me, you know, I want you to know our barns are full. Our barns are full. They were not talking about wheat. They were talking about the spiritual, the spiritual food deep down in their, in their souls. My friend, we need a mighty turning to God. I'm telling you this today. We need a mighty turning to God. We need to come back to God. We need to come back to Christ. We need to come back to the scriptures. We need to believe in Jesus. We need to confess and forsake our sins. We need to find a good church where Jesus is worshipped and the commandments are upheld. And I want to tell you something. If we will seek God, he will pour out upon us a blessing so great there will not be room enough to receive it. May God bless you today and watch over you. Amen and amen. God has got a time and a place for everything. Nothing happens by chance. In spite of the powers of darkness, nothing can destroy the church of God. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that the gospel is not about you and me. It is the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ. What and where is heaven? This DVD series from John Carter will be yours with a gift of $50 US or $70 Australian. Write to us at the address on the screen. Visit carterreport.org, your home for inspirational teaching. God created his people in different cultures, countries, and in cities around the world. He made the human race. He made us one people under God. At first, when you see someone that looks and acts differently than you, you may turn away, but take your time. Look closer 
you will see that we share the same dreams, the same troubles, the same world. Open your minds and hearts to one another. Love each other as he loves us. Do this for God. Honor his creation and let his love shine through each one of us. For a copy of today's program, please contact us at P.O. Box 1900, Thousand Oaks, California, 91358. Or in Australia, contact us at P.O. Box 861, Terrigal, New South Wales, 2260. This program is made possible through the generous support of viewers like you. We thank you for your continued support. May God richly bless you.